0: You're listening to It's Complicated, doing business during coronavirus, a weekly podcast produced by Atlanta Business Chronicle. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Each week, we'll bring you interviews, information, and insight to empower you during these extraordinary times. This week, we preview what's on the agenda for Georgia lawmakers. Could the so-called blue wave affect business? I
1: wanna dispel the misnomer that Democrats are bad for business. I don't think that we're in any danger of losing our moniker as a great place to do business.
0: Also, the pandemic is reshaping just how we think about returning to the office.
2: We're all going to be very conscious in our own personal health and safety. And I think that will impact the way we use our offices and how we protect our employees.
0: Before we get to all that, here are this week's top business headlines, three stories you need to know about. First, Microsoft is expanding its local footprint in the metro area. The tech giant has bought another 20 acres of land on Atlanta's west side. Last year, Microsoft bought property near the Bankhead Marta station for about $23 million and snapped up the Quarry Yards project next to the Bellwood Quarry for $127 million. Second, Hundreds of apartments are on the drawing board for the assembly project. That's the former General Motors plant in Doraville. City officials approved plans for about 840 apartments. Now that they've gotten the okay, crews are expected to break ground soon. Third, the real winners in Georgia's runoff elections just might be media companies. Initial tallies show political ad spending for Tuesday's runoff between Republican U.S. Senator David Perdue and Democrat John Ossoff was $470 million. That's the most expensive Senate race in U.S. history. The second most expensive was the contest between U.S. Senator Kelly Loeffler and Democrat Raphael Warnock. Total spending in that race, $360 million. Now, a quick crunch of the numbers, and you're approaching nearly a billion dollars in political ad spending. You can read about all of those stories on our website, atlanabusinesschronicle.com. The Georgia 2021 legislative session kicks off on Monday after what seems to have been a long political season. Much of the national focus in November and as recently as this week's runoff was on Georgia, but now For the next 40 days, local lawmakers will focus on forging state legislation. I spoke with Republican strategist Brian Robinson, president of Robinson Republic Communications, and Democratic strategist Howard Franklin, managing partner for Ohio River South, about what's on the General Assembly's agenda. We begin with sports betting.
1: I'll jump into this one first, Brian, if you don't mind, only because I need to acknowledge that I'm working for the coalition, the Georgia Professional Sports Integrity Alliance, that is advocating for sports betting. And um, I think the the thing that I would point out here is that uh, the e-sports gambling or e-sports betting does not require some of the very high hurdles um, that the casino gambling legislation that's been proposed would require. We don't require a constitutional majority of two-thirds of the General Assembly. There's some some benefits that don't take some of the more conservative members of the General Assembly too far afield. Uh, from, you know, maybe their personal politics while still adding a significant line item to the state's budget.
3: The Kemp administration is a time where perhaps this can move forward. And, and Kemp has said, I'm against gambling, but I'll stay out of it. And so if the legislature can get the ball moving, I think that something can be done. To, to Howard's point, uh, the sports teams wanted it is something that will help with fan interaction within the games. And one thing that is a selling point is there's no physical infrastructure, right? I mean, there's no building that people can say, oh, that's going to attract crime or that's going to attract prostitution, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's none of that. It's, it's, it's virtual for the most part. And uh, that's something that makes it a little easier because there's no visual.
0: Just real quickly, how much money are we talking about in terms of revenue for the state? So that's, that's an
1: interesting question. And it really comes down to how... Um, the bill ultimately gets drafted by uh, members of the General Assembly. The one state we're watching really closely is Tennessee, and in their first, I think, quarter or their, their first month, they were able to generate more than a hundred million dollars in esports betting. And I think that's—we believe that number could be much higher in Georgia because we have a much larger sports community. We have many more professional teams, and we have lots of fans at the coll- the collegiate, and the professional level.
0: I want to move on to uh, another possible area where we might see some funding come down the road, no pun intended, uh, but could we see more funding for road improvements? We've certainly seen demand pick up during the pandemic the past year for warehousing, logistics, you know, how do we get these products from the ports to the people? Is that an area where we could see more policy uh, come through this year?
3: I highly doubt that we'll have a transportation bill of any sort this year, partly because our roads are as clear as they have ever been in any of our lifetimes because more people are working from home. Now, yes, the, the delivery systems, the, the infrastructure, the logistics systems, all of that stuff is true, but it doesn't seem to be a pressing issue right now because the pandemic has changed the reality of our transportation and
1: our traffic yeah I agree with Brian, one hundred percent on that, and I think that there will still be discussions about infrastructure, but it'll likely move toward digital infrastructure, uh, particularly for public school systems across the state. A number of the, the communities uh, that they serve don't necessarily have the pipes to be able to move high speed data to get kids into distance learning, you know high speed video uh, and, and the whole nine yards. and I think that that is a rising priority. Uh, from education advocates that I've heard uh, echoed a number of different times, and it happens, uh, thankfully, in this case, to coincide with a prize for rural broadband that' also been talked about uh, by leaders in the majority party over the last couple of years.
0: Economic development in Georgia remained pretty strong. I think it was nine out of ten of the largest economic development deals last year were secured during the pandemic. and yeah. Um, you know, some might say that, that Georgia's ability to attract industry is is tied to its pro-business policies. We've had obviously a series of of Republican governors, Republican legislature. How might the state's changing political environment that we've seen play out in recent months affect Georgia's ability to to attract businesses down the road?
3: Well, let's not forget that yes, Democrats have had some big wins in the Senate and of course in the presidential race, but Republicans still firmly control the state. This blue wave that we were anticipating or that we were promised would come really didn't come to Georgia, even though Biden and Ossoff and not one here, So I think for now, we will have the status quo of Republican pro-business policies that companies from around the country and around the globe want to
1: have. Yeah, Brian's, at least half right. Uh, The blue wave did hit the state. I mean, you know, turning over those 16 electoral college votes for the first time in a generation is evidence of a blue wave. I think what he's pointing to is evidence of, uh, you know, that that red wall uh, in the form of reapportionment, something that will get meted out in 2021. Uh, You know, I I don't, I want to dispel the misnomer that Democrats are bad for business. I, I don't think that we're in any danger, regardless of changing or shifting Um, power structures at the General Assembly of losing our moniker is a great place to do business and a great place to attract industry.
0: Howard mentioned reapportionment. It happens once a decade and this is the year Georgia lawmakers will rework maps for legislative, congressional and other political districts. It could influence which party is in power over the next 10 years. Georgia lawmakers aren't the only ones going back to a physical office. A Gartner survey conducted last month shows 50% of workers polled say they want to return to the office at least part-time once vaccines are widely available. How might that impact the way we utilize our office space moving forward and the way we interact with our co-workers? I pose those questions to Jeff Payne. His architectural firm, to Payne, is behind some of Atlanta's notable office buildings, including the headquarters for NCR and Cox. I
2: think we're all going to be very conscious, no matter what we do or where we live, in our own personal health and safety. And uh, I, I think that will impact the way we use our offices, how many people we have in any given space, uh, and how we protect our employees. Workspaces might be a little bit larger, Uh, meetings might be a little bit smaller.
0: I wanted to ask you um, how you all are thinking about maybe the use of technology in new spaces um, that might be used to keep people safe or provide some new information, if you will, about people who are in the office.
2: I think there's going to be technologies that we don't even think of today that are going to play an important role in this. Uh, as you go into an office, you think about going through a vestibule, and maybe that vestibule is uh, sort of a clean room, if you could imagine that. Uh, and just passing through that that vestibule takes any allergens or any uh, unsafe uh, elements off of you, and it's you know fresh air, and maybe uh, it has sensors for temperature or something else. I don't know. It's its uh, certainly um, something to be dreaming about. Um, will destination dispatch elevators become more and more prevalent where I, I tell the elevator what floor I'm coming to and it comes and gets just me and takes me to an upper floor without standing in an elevator with 12 people I've n- never met. So I think we'll continue to use technology uh, to help people feel comfortable.
0: How do you design space that's functional and inspiring now, uh, but also has the longevity to last well beyond the pandemic? Well, um,
2: you can do that. Um, You know, one of the things that we've always been very interested in our work is uh, the incorporation of outdoor space with, indoor space, and trying to uh, take down that barrier between what's inside and what's outside, whether it's just a lot of glass, so you're inside looking out at nature, or, you, uh, or you're or you able to make a permeable uh, divide between what's indoors and what's outdoors. You know, uh, we've all learned that being outside is a safer environment, even to do some work to have a meeting, to hold a class.
0: If you don't have um, a defined outdoor space or if they're in an older building, how might they incorporate some of these elements of outdoor space or some of the um, creative elements uh, that are also safety elements now too?
2: Right. Well, we spoke to our landlord and uh, Asked about our mechanical system, and we ultimately decided uh, to pay a little bit more together with our landlord uh, to change all of our filters, so we know the air coming in is going to be um, as fresh as possible. You know, when we when we're talking about existing space, can we start looking at how the mechanical system could accommodate some windows opening if the windows were even designed that way?
0: Well, design elements that emerge from this pandemic period could become the norm, Jeff says, much like environmental standards did more than 20 years ago. LEED certification in the late 1990s seemed a tall order, but now most new commercial buildings easily demonstrate leadership in energy and environmental design. before we go, time to start filling out your 2021 calendar. On Thursday, January 21st, Atlanta Business Chronicle will host an economic outlook panel. Business professionals will help translate trends into competitive intelligence to help you grow your business and find opportunities in the coming year. You can register for that 2021 economic outlook event. Just go to our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com and click on the events tab. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Atlanta Business Chronicles podcast. It's complicated doing business during coronavirus. Thanks for listening. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Stay safe, everybody.